It is Friday, July 16th, 2021, and this is my third attempt at trying to record. I told myself that I was not going to fuck around this morning. I got shit to do. That I was just going to read really quick. Now, these days, I'm actually waking up really early, and uh, I figure, let me hit record. Because if I wait later in the day to record, if I have time later in the day, if I do remember, it's just so noisy. So as you can see, it is a nice morning. We got birds chirping, dogs barking, all sorts of good stuff. No helicopters yet. No helicopters yet. There have been a lot of helicopters and airplanes and a lot of low-flying aerial vehicles lately. Uh, it was quiet for a while, but I don't know. The skies decided they wanted to explode again. And uh, usually it's pretty fucking noisy out here. I got sirens, I got gunshots, all sorts of wonderful things. Just because uh, I guess that's it is what it is, right? No place, nowhere is safe. Nowhere is safe. So, July 16th. I was thinking yesterday, I was thinking the day before. We're like halfway through the year already. Six months, six months into the year, right? Or a little bit more? Yeah, a little more than six months into the year. And, um, I don't know. I, I just feel like this is the quiet before the storm. And, I, and I've said this before, and I've made the comment before, uh... I think they're giving us one hour of yard time before they put us back into solitary. But before I start, I, uh, I have a follow-up video, uh, follow-up video, I can't even speak, follow-up article to the Cyber Polycon podcast that I did a couple of days ago. But before I start that, I just wanted to say good morning and thank you, truly thank you to my listeners. I have a core group of people who listen, and I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I really don't feel like recording, and, I, and I've probably, you've probably heard me say this plenty of times, but for anybody in the back who hasn't heard, or anybody new to this podcast, this uh, started off as a journal, and then it just became this uh, chronicle of what's going on with this coronavirus madness. I never intended this podcast to be about corona. I didn't even know corona. Corona wasn't even on my radar, okay, when I started this back December 2019. It kind of was, but it kind of wasn't, but look at what it's become. Look how far we've gone. Uh, I am in New York. This is where I was born, where I was raised, uh, and pretty much ground zero for a lot of grand government interventions and experiments. And uh, yeah, yeah, this is, this, is, this is it. I'm in the thick of it here. So one of the many places that have really been very much affected by the quote-unquote covid crisis but we have problems all over the world problems all over the world so all i can do is give you my vantage point from where i stand uh but my message has ultimately been the same since the beginning these motherfuckers are full of shit they're lying to us they're pulling the wool over us and the government world powers are nothing more than narcissistic abusers okay See, my background is very interesting. Maybe that's why I have a certain perspective. I've had over oh, 20 years in the healthcare industry. I've studied all sorts of healthcare sciences and microbiology and anatomy and physiology and infection control and all those wonderful things that gave me quite a bit of insight when this uh, quote-unquote pandemic popped off. And for some reason, my peers were not really able to see through the hype and the bullshit and the majority of people 
they fell they fell for everything they fell for what the media told them they fell for the fear and this is what this is what fear does to people it's called trauma based mind control and us here us little plebs in the united states have been the guinea pigs the guinea pigs for quite a long time quite a long time so we have a lot of factors here that we're up against this past year and the theme is the same it will always be the same is that they they are spinning us spinning our fucking wheels and you know pretty soon those wheels are gonna come off entirely uh, I think I hope I hope that people really really start waking up and uh, actually start doing something about what is transpiring the quality of life that we have here in the United States is very well, but that is in the process of being threatened. So again, a um, little bit of circular conversation here this morning. It is a little early, and uh, I don't know. Some days I do better than others, I guess. It's been a rough couple of weeks. I've had some projects, well, a couple of months. I've had some projects that I've been in the process of trying to take care of, and it's time-consuming, and it's requires me to adapt and do all sorts of different things that I'm not used to. And uh, that's a part of me that wonders what it's worth in the long run when shit really hits the fan. But there's another part of me that really wants to hold out and believe that maybe we can hold off. Maybe we can hold this off for a little while longer. I'm not quite sure. But again, we're about five minutes in, six minutes in. I don't want to make this a long message, but I do want to thank everyone who follows me on Twitter. I do want to thank everybody who's shared, liked, tweeted to me, commented to me about this podcast, about how they like it, how they enjoy it. I appreciate that so much because really there are times where I'm just like, I don't even want to fucking do this, man. Seriously, because it gets old after a while. It gets tiring after a while. I don't even do half as much as I probably could. I don't put out daily messages. Sometimes I don't message for weeks because I get really tired. I get really tired of seeing the same thing presented in front of me. And I don't know, man. It's pretty frustrating. It's pretty frustrating. And, I, and I've tried. To, I've, I've stopped speaking to people face to face. I did that for a while. You know, try to speak with coworkers, anybody I could. When they started lifting our lockdown mandates last year. And... Or earlier this year, right? It was really this year. It feels like a year ago. But it was only months ago that they started lifting all these restrictions after having us locked down. And yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff going on that the premise of this virus and the associated mitigation techniques, tactics that are hiding. And people have been sounding the alarm, the preppers, and I have an old podcast about the preppers those motherfuckers are gonna win because they've been waiting for this they have had a leg up and i'm not a super prepper i'm kind of a half-ass prepper because you know i like to do what i like to do um <laughs> money only goes so far in this day and age but i think that people have to understand that as people connect and try to gather they will definitely close communications and try to shut us down and make it even harder so i think if anything the time is now uh 
And again, to my listeners, I invite you guys to check out my Twitter page. And I don't really do stuff like this. I don't really think I'm not really a good podcaster. Like I said, I just fucking hit record and say what the hell I want. Because um, it was my journal. It still is my journal. And I'm so glad that there are people who are freaky enough to want to take a peek in the pages of my mind. Um, let's see what else. Oh, so you can check out my Twitter through this website, Anchor. I'm pretty sure that whatever platform that you are listening to, you have the option of clicking a link that will bring you to my Twitter page. And on my Twitter page, there is a group that I've been posting. I won't name the group, but there is a Telegram group that you are welcome to join, that I am a part of, and it is a growing channel. And even though we got some trolls here and there, there are like-minded people. There are very good people, and there are are some really wonderful people that I've had the privilege of getting to know and speak to who are of the same mindset and we just want this shit to stop. We want it to stop. And if you are like-minded and you like this podcast and you enjoy this podcast, again, I greatly appreciate when you share it and you please, by all means, join the group join the group you'll see that it's it's a couple of my early tweets it's a telegram group that's the most i'll say if you do go to my twitter page you will see it and and please please join and if you do join on my behalf definitely give a shout out i'm not going to tell you what my name is in the group but you will find me that being said we are about 10 minutes in and i got a lot of shit to do people and i'm sure you guys do too so let me get to where I need to go here to follow up on my podcast a couple of days ago. I hope everybody's doing, again, as well as you can considering the circumstances. So the article this morning, here's what happened at Cyber Polygon and you're not going to like it. Authored by Jeff Thompson via the Organic Prepper blog. Now, I don't read the Organic Prep Prepper, blah, prep, prepper blog that often, but I have. I certainly have often on during the years. And I think Daisy Luther, she's one of the main authors. I don't know if she's still there. But again, like I said, the preppers, man. The preppers are way the fuck ahead. Especially all you dudes, motherfuckers with ammo. Holy shit. See what's going on in South Africa? And then these motherfuckers here. This uh, puppet administration wants to take our guns. Wants to take... Our ability to defend ourselves, God forbid, because you know what? In this world, there are haves and there have-nots, but there's so many different levels of that. Because compared to the wizard and compared to all of these politicians, I am a fucking have-not. You're likely a have-not. But relative to other people who live in this country and maybe your region, my region... Compared to us, they're the have-nots. So again, human nature being what it is, when all bets are off, and as we're seeing what's transpiring in South Africa, people will come and take your shit, and I've had this discussion before. And when we had our little protests here in New York last year, just just a year ago, just a year ago around this time, yo, New York City was on fire. And it still hasn't recovered, right? The looting and the rioting and all the shit, the graffiti that they did. 
and they let them. They let them do it, right? They let them do it. And then that's when I decided, oh, shit, you know, I think it's time for me. And, and, and I'm late to the party. I've been prepping with all sorts of weird things, and I got generators for this and a generator for that, and I don't need no fucking antibiotics, and I don't need no sanitizer. Like, I know how to make shit. I'm one of, one of those weird people. I got all this equipment. I know how to make shit. It's kind of strange. So I always feel like, okay, in that respect, there's always the aspect of barter, right? I got stuff, and maybe somebody else might have stuff. Like, you can't have everything all the time. Nobody's 100% prepared. You could be only as prepared as you can. And uh, for the stuff that I wasn't prepared for, I figure I'll just fall back. Fall back on uh, some skills. Or I, if I need to obtain something, well, then I, I'll know where to find it. Our ability to defend ourselves is ultimately being, you know, we're being castrated here in this country, and what's going on in, for example, South Africa is a perfect example of what could happen. And for the few that are armed citizens there, they're doing their best to hold their ground, but ultimately what they had going on out here in New York, I felt like it's like a test. Let's, let's see how far and wide these band, you know, this band of quote protesters or band of bandits can really cause destruction. As, and as you can see, they did a great job causing destruction here and they're doing a great job there. And it really doesn't take much for the whole facade and structure of rules and society to break down. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. So all right, let me stop talking shit because I got an article to read and shit to do. All right, Cyber Polygon 2020. A simulation about a cyber pandemic took place on July 9th, 2021. Yeah, I read about this Saturday, last Saturday. Many Americans felt widespread concern prior to the event. Why is this? In short, because past, simula past simulations ended up becoming reality. Could the cyber polygon simulation become a reality? Many Americans thought so. Derek Bros points out in his article that the world has experienced many simulations that have come to fruition only a short time later. I think that that was the article that I read to you on Sunday. For example, on October 18, 2019, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the World Economic Forum, and the John Hopkins Center for Health and Security conducted Event 201. Event 201 was a simulation of how the world would react if a coronavirus pandemic swept across the planet. Less than six months later, the World Health Organization declared COVID-19 to be a, a pandemic. Interestingly, just as Cyber Polygon was about to start, a real attack occurred from NBC News. One of the most prolific ransomware gangs, Revel, Re-Evil, Revel, R-E-V-I-L, but the R-E are capitalized, conducted its boldest attacks, yep, over the 4th of July weekend on Casilla, which services customers who in turn contract with thousands of businesses. So we were 
Uh, I mentioned that in the other article as well, the CDN uh, Central Data Network or some crap like that, that there were only three, and I don't know if that was regionally or in the world, uh, that host, or I think, or I don't know if they're servers or whatever the fuck, please forgive me, I'm not a tech person, not yet, and uh, so... You know, a lot of communication, a lot of, uh, like, Amazon uh, rely on these CDNs, and there's only three of them. So this particular article is referencing Casilla. I forgot the one that they had mentioned in the other article, but it wasn't this one. And Casilla services customers who in turn contract with thousands of businesses, though the dust has yet to settle. Re researchers say the hack allowed Revel to infect more than 1,500 different organizations. The gang seems to have bitten off more than it can chew and has asked for 70, a 70 million lump sum to un unlock all infected computers. Huh. Cyber Polygon 2020, excuse me. Cyber Polygon 2020 digital pandemic is now complete. Many may wonder just what in the world happened there. The convention was kind enough to publish the findings for the rest of us to peruse at our leisure. As noted by the official website, quote, the central theme of the event was a, quote, digital pandemic. Well, then, they're talking, and, and they've used this terminology, um, right? Uh, I think uh, the wizard mentioned infectious or some shit like that. So we're talking, then, some kind of virus or worm that's going to be, you know, going out of control and spreading from computer to computer. Uh, so this is what they got going, what they have planned. And, 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 you know, again, a pandemic. What happens during a pandemic? Oh, my God, it spreads. And then you got to quarantine. So maybe, maybe they'll start blocking servers and doing all sorts of shit again. Again, they're, they're laying the narrative here. So uh, it will be, it won't be a surprise when we see this shit play out. Okay, so the central theme of the event was a, quote, digital pandemic, and it was no surprise to those who paid attention. It's because of this moniker that so many people have been concerned in the first place. I think I pronounced that wrong. Moniker. Moniker. <laughs> Fucking mess this morning. Videos published by the World Economic Forum set mental alarms off for Americans nationwide. Did it really? Did it really? Uh, how many Americans are you referring to? You're talking about the preppers and the people paying attention. So, I don't know. Americans nationwide. Not many of us. According to this video, a cyber attack could be 10 times more prevalent than what we've experienced with COVID-19. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, if you have a worm or a virus spreading, like, globally, um, we're talking computer. So, uh, digital information can certainly travel way faster than people on planes and traveling, you know, like physical, tra you know, transportation. So the narrator with the video states, quote, fortunately, at least until now, cyber attacks have not, at least until now, cyber attacks have not impacted our health the way pandemics have, at least until now. Look at that. He said that shit twice. Who said this? The narrator. And this is the videos published, a video published by the World Economic Forum. Uh, this is on Zero Hedge if you want to read it, if you want to look at that video. According to the video, I don't have time to be watching that shit. A cyber attack could be 10 times more prevalent than what we've experienced with COVID-19. Fortunately, at least now, cyber attacks have not impacted 
our health the way pandemics have, at least until now. Mm -mm -mm. The video goes on to state, quote, the only way to stop the exponential propagation of a COVID-like COVID cyber threat is to fully disconnect, there you go, the millions of vulnerable di devices from one another and from the internet. What did I just, I, this is the first time I'm reading this, but what did I say about quarantine? What did they do with the COVID-19? What did they do? They quarantined, right? And that's exactly what they plan to do right here. They are going to fully disconnect the millions of, quote, vulnerable devices from one another and from the internet. This is just another, another page out of the Biderman, Biderman, Biderman chart of coercion, right? They, they eight communist techniques. It's isolation. One of them is isolation to break the POWs. If you can check out that podcast, the Biderman chart of coercion, it's eight communist methods to break people down when they're uh, captive. It was uh, detailed by POWs. I think it was during World War II. They were captured pilots. I don't remember how long they were in detention for, but they were able, when they escaped, to tell the tale of the specific types of coercion te techniques they would use to break the prisoners down. And isolation is certainly one of them. And they use these techniques during the whole pandemic. It's very, very prevalent. If you look at that chart, if you check it out, just Google it, you will see, or listen to the podcast, you will see parallels, very close parallels. It's identical, the coercion chart, to what they've been putting us through for the past year and a half. So now they're going to isolate us even more with the internet, shut us down. And I kind of half pay attention. I kind of half don't. People in the group are just like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? You know, when things shut down, what are we going to do? Nobody has landlines anymore. You know, everybody relies on the internet. And with the previous, one of my previous podcasts, they talked about uh, ham radios and also, I don't know. How much does that equipment cost? Like how many people, I don't know. Who's into that? I, I welcome any ham radio operator. I welcome anybody who has that information to, like I said, find me on Twitter. Join that group. We would love to learn from you. We would love to learn more about it. All right, so how would a full disconnect be implemented and what would the effects be? One possible way would involve the use of an internet kill switch. Not only do those exist, but the U.S. government has access to one. Theoretically, if you could turn off the internet, large segments of the population will be disconnected from one another, meaning what happens in one geographic region will go utterly unrecognized by citizens everywhere else. And that's scary. That right there is scary. Because um, anything could be happening here in New York, and then you got like, you know, Florida or Missouri or fucking California. And I think in a weird way, though, like to break off communications, a lot of like the bonehead people, you know, the, the I don't know what's going to happen to these kids. They're going to fucking freak out. They're going to freak the fuck out. They don't got their TikTok and Instagram. And uh, I mean, for me, I don't give a shit. But um, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll see what happens. We will see what happens. Right. So and all we will have is the news. Right. If that if at that telling us what's going on here and what's going on there and I don't know. I'm of the generation where I don't have to fucking be on my device. I don't give two shits. I leave my phone in my purse for hours. Like, I don't fucking care. Um, but if it affects, obviously, commerce and things like that, yeah, well, I will care. Uh, 
these fucking people, man. They're, they're not fucking around. And, and, and it would be perfect timing, too, around the fall. They could shut down the internet. And then when they do pop the internet up, it's all going to be corona porn, fear porn. Uh, maybe they'll lock people down again. Maybe that's when they'll get troops on the streets because they can't tell us anything. Who, who knows? Who fucking knows, man? All right. So large segments of the population will be disconnected from one another. And the geographic location regions, the regions won't have really any way, supposedly, to recognize what's going on. Think about the practical implications of such. Think about the potential for further human rights violations. Perhaps a world where all news sources disappear overnight, with your favorite collectivist news agency being the only website still on the air. Exactly. Just take a look at Egypt in 2011. I think this article might be a little bit longer than I wanted it to be. Protests by citizens fed up with the constant human rights violations they experienced under the current administration spread throughout the entire nation in Egypt in 2011. In an attempt to disband the protesters and keep them from organizing, Egypt hit its internet kill switch. They they deposed. This is I don't remember if it was 2011, but they got rid of the president. They got rid of him. Wasn't that the Arab Spring? Um, I don't know if it was 2011. I can't remember. But yeah, they got rid of Gaddafi. They got rid of the Egyptian president. I think they got rid of the president of Jordan. The only one who's been able to stick it, stick around and hold his ground was uh, Assad. Right? And that's been, they've been trying to get rid of him forever. So, so the internet, Egyptian economy. Let's see what they did. So the Egypt hit its internet kill switch. Egyptians responded by resorting to mesh network such as fire chat which is sadly now gone to communicate with each other still there's no doubt that the internet shutdown was a significant blow to both the people and their businesses though the internet was quote dead for only five days it cost the egyptian economy approximately 90 million u.s dollars approximately 5 million people from 57 nations turned into turned into the live stream the Cyber Polygon 2020 live stream, quote, featured global leaders and experts, including Mikhail Mishutin, Prime Minister of the Russian Federation, and dun, 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 the wizard, Klaus Schwab, founder and executive chairman, World Economic Forum, as well as top officials from Interpool, ICANN, Visa, IBM, S. Burbank, MTS, and other organizations. These leaders and experts spoke on the subject of cyber threats and cyber pandemics, but that wasn't all. From the official website, the experts addressed that the latest trends and technological threats shared their experience in creating cybersecurity ecosystems, talked about the transforming threat landscape, and discussed the problem of fake news and how to discern information on the web. Wow, look at that. Coincidentally, one of the end goals of Cyber Polygon was determined to determine how to do a more thorough job of silencing all criticism that goes against the mainstream narrative. Listen to these motherfuckers. If one could shut down all alternative viewpoints, one can be the sole provider of truth. If you're a regular reader of the organic prepper, sorry I'm not, you've already seen this up close and personal. We were defunded roughly just one month ago. Wow. Why? For being a, quote, misinformation site. Oh, no shit. 
It doesn't, let me see that real quick. I apologize. I'm just going to click on the link. I didn't know they were shut down. So it says here, the organic prepper has been defunded for being a quote disinformation website. If you're new here, subscribe. Okay, so this is by Daisy Luther. Earlier in the year, when the rash of cancellations began, she made the decision to avoid some of the more controversial topics to protect her website and her writers. She wanted to keep bringing you, they wanted to keep bringing you the best information possible at a time when it's never been more important to be aware and prepared. This is the truth. This, yeah, I mean, this this woman's been at it for a while. This organic prepper has been around for a while. I wanted to keep my business running because I have a responsibility to seven people who rely on income from the site. We limited our discussion of vaccines, COVID, climate change, masks, politics, racial violence, and all other things to inspire rage in the woke. We opted, did I read that right? And all of these short, oh, sure to inspire rage in the, in the woke. So they, they avoided the discussion of vaccines, COVID, climate change. Wow. So we opted to focus on actionable information, fair enough, to help you get prepared for the shortages, inflation, and economic collapse. But that was not sufficient to satisfy the censors. I knew we were in trouble when I received this announcement from my advertising network a couple weeks ago. Please note that I have worked with this network for four years and have never had a single complaint from an advertiser. So she's saying the Global Disinformation Index helps advertising companies assess a website's risk of disinformation and provide a trusted and neutral assessment so brands and ad companies can make informed decisions and avoid funding this content. You suck a big fat fucking dick, GDI. We recently became the first ad management service to partner with the Global In Disinformation Index to introduce new vetting processes for all sites in the Ad Thrive community so that advertisers can spend confidently and be assured they are not funding disinformation. And, and, th and this is where, you know, this is where the problem lies because I don't think that they have any kind of funding or Patreon or anything like that. They're relying on advertising. I don't get jack shit for this podcast. Um, they do have like little advertisements where like, I don't know, every how many plays they'll give me like one penny, but I never cashed out yet. Um, so these people rely on these advertisers, Ad Thrive, to basically, if, unless they're selling stuff on their, their website, and it's not that easy to sell shit online, let me tell you, let me tell you, having an online e-commerce site, that shit isn't as easy as it looks. So, so they're saying that the Global Disinformation Index, working with them, or the new vetting processes, allows the ad thrive community to pinpoint potentially harmful topics on the site. For example, disinformation, hate speech, racism, derogatory. Now, but who are they to say what disinformation is? Hate speech, racism, derogatory content, and other topics or themes that are not brand safe and research the content in a more thorough way than before. We're also using this system to establish new brand safety processes to periodically review our existing partnerships to ensure our community remains as high quality as possible. Uh, this is a very long article. So this is basically, you know, who defunded, I guess, the organic prepper blog. And uh, I can't really get into this right now. So that's GDI. Suck a big fat cock, GDI, but you might like it. So uh, I don't know. 
Maybe maybe choke on something. Choke on it. Let's see what else we got going on. So she got flagged for being a disinformation site. It doesn't matter how many scientists a person has to back up. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter how many scientists a person has to back up what they say. It doesn't matter how many links to scientific journals a, person's a-, a person adds. If anyone dares go against what the politicians and their fact checkers deem to be correct, they will be silenced. And that's the problem here. This is, this is straight out of the CCP, man. This is communism. Communism. There's what, what happened? Oh, free speech. This is America. Yeah, uh-huh. I believe alternative views, uh, excuse me, news sites are the only trustworthy source of news at the moment. Pretty much. Sites such as Zero Hedge, Children's Health Defense, Daily Expose, Activist Post, The Last American Vagabond, Technocracy News, Survival Blog, and of course The Organic Prepper are the only sites I trust to give me accurate info. But yeah, Zero Hedge has been like, I don't know. They're, they, they're a little off the rails lately. I mean, they're okay. I've been reading Zero Hedge for a long time, but like at certain points during the uh, quote-unquote corona I was I was questioning, but I, I think they just like posting sensational shit. Children's Health Defense, they're pretty good. I don't remember Daily Expose. I've been on activist activist post a few times. The Last American va- Vagabond. I've uh, followed him on Twitter. And again, I don't have time for all of these. Technocracy News is a really good one. I don't think I've ever visited Survival Survival Blog, but Zero Hedge is pretty good. It's like a compilation of everything. So, as far as he's concerned. All else is misinformation, it's propaganda. However, these sources are just a fraction of the size of the major players, and you know who they are. If they are successfully stamped out, we will quickly end up in the type of situation warned by F.A. Hayek in his excellent book, The Road to Serfdom. I never read that book. From Hayek, quote, If all the sources of current information are effectively under one single control... It is no longer a question of merely persuading the people of this or that. The skillful propagandist then has the power to mold their minds in any direction he chooses, and even the most intelligent and independent people cannot entirely escape that influence if they are long isolated from all other sources of information. Hayek has much else to say about our current situation in the chapter, quote, The End of Truth, it virtually reads as a play-by-play as the la- of the last year and a half. That's interesting. It's the road to serfdom. I have uh, two more paragraphs here. Just let me just bear with me while I click on the road to serfdom. This was actually published in 2003. It's called The Road to Serfdom, Text and Documents, The Definitive Edition, The Collective Works of F.A. Hayek, Volume 2. And uh, this was published in 2003, so... Uh, it's political philosophy, intellectual and cultural history and economics. Okay, cool. I'll check that out. Oh, originally published in 1944. Wow, wow, wow. That's amazing. That is truly amazing. So, technical training followed by live stream. Here, a collection of some of the best cybersecurity workers in the world gathered together in two teams to simulate a cyber attack of a massive scope in real time. This simulation involved 120 teams from 29 countries and, quote, the event was joined by state and law enforcement agencies, financial, educational, and healthcare institutions, organizations from IT, telecom, energy, metal, chemical, aerospace, engineering, and other industries. The good guys were the blue team. 
which protected their little chunks of infrastructure from the cyber attack. The bad guys who conducted the attack were the red team. This simulation split into two halves, the real-time threat and the post-attack investigation. Throughout the real-time simulation, the blue team had to contain the cyber attack as best they could. The banking industry and companies with the realm of I, within the realm of IT quote, demonstrated the highest resilience. Oh, well, very good. Very good, the banking industry did. However, it was also discovered that, as a whole, technical specialists are better prepared for investigation than for defense. The entire investigation process involved regular forensics as well as a concept known as cyber threat hunting. Cyber threat hunting is looking for cyber attacks that haven't set off your earlier alert system. You may have antivirus software, but it only alerts you to what it sees. If it doesn't see it, no alarm is raised. With threat hunting, you seek to discover the hiding places where cyber a cyber attack is lurking. That's when you deal with shit like worms. Uh, they hide very well. What are the root kits? They hide very well in your system. So with threat hunting, you seek to discover the hiding places where a cyber attack is lurking or has already taken place outside of the realm of where your traditional alarm systems would have guarded. Cyber Polygon 2020 may be over, but it's not the end. Wait, so this is Cyber Polygon 2020, they call it? I'm sorry, I'm just realizing that now because it is 2021. So why? Unless (laughs) they just made an error. Cyber Polygon 2020. Interesting. Why are they conducting a, a 2020 cyber polygon in 2021? I just caught that now. Forgive me. Uh, if you are a regular reader of the site, you're likely familiar with the concept of situational awareness. Yeah, a lot of people don't have that. A lot of people don't have that. I don't know. I, you know, I grew up a, a, a trauma survivor, so I always, I've always been looking over my shoulder. <laughs> And just uh, seeing how our, our government masters have turned into, like, the ultimate abusers. Uh, yeah, that definitely uh, tripped me off uh, early on in this little game. So, yeah, situational awareness is extremely important. It's the type of thing where even small, you know, you could be driving your car and you're at a red light. Or things like keeping your doors locked while you're driving. Or I can't tell you how many times I'd be at a red light and, like, I see people creeping up on my, my rear view mirror or, or my... You know, my my parents, my people just walk around. And, uh, you know, if you don't have any situational awareness, your ass is going to get pulled out of your car and uh, your car is stolen or a gun in your face. It's just, you know, you just got to be ready for people to just do anything, really. Because that's, that's the world we live in. So the author says that they are of the mind that a thorough understanding of current events and critical is a critical part of situational awareness. If you don't know what is going on around you, you're going to get blindsided by reality. Yeah, perfect example is getting your ass carjacked. You're not paying attention. A working understanding of what is happening out there in the world, to me, is well worth the time. I believe an understanding of cyber polygon is a part of this. So continue to monitor the waters. Pay attention to what's happening out there. In the past year alone, ransomware gangs have launched several high-profile attacks, including on major pipelines and a meat supplier. And if you're looking for actionable steps you can take to mitigate your disaster risks, your disaster risk, we have a host of articles dealing what you can do. And that's the organic prepper that was posted on Zero Hedge. They have um, how to prep for a cyber attack. Let's see how long this article is. 
I think I will get back to you guys later. I spent a lot of times reading. Uh, I'm sorry. I spent a lot of time reading this, and um, I do have stuff to do today. So let me get back to you. If you guys want to check it out yourself, you can look it up. Uh, how to prep for a cyber attack. If you just want to wait for me to read it, I'll fucking read it for you. Uh, but I can't do it right now. All right, everybody. I hope that... Uh, ah, fuck, a 40-minute message. I didn't expect it to be this long, really. Uh, I hope that you all have a wonderful day. Again, if you want to check out our group, check out my Twitter page. You're more than welcome to join. And uh, if there are any, again, ham operators out there, anybody... Uh, please, by all means, there are plenty of people who would love to know more. All right. It is Friday, July 16th, Friday morning, 2021. Have a good day, night, evening, wherever you are. And thank you so much. Thanks again to all my listeners.